If you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 13. If you want to follow along on the YouVersion app, uh, you can click on the little location thing. It'll bring up the scriptures and some notes and all that kind of stuff. But John, John 13, I think this is one of the most influential passages in scripture about how Jesus wants us to live. Because Jesus has identified by now and way before then that we have a problem and that that problem has its root in selfishness. That we want our way. And when selfishness takes effect, all kinds of other ugliness grows within us, right? Pride and greed and lust. It's almost like selfishness is a cancer that has taken over our hearts. And so as Jesus is sitting before his folks here, he says, I got a cure for that selfishness. And that cure is wrapped up in me and my example and my command that you serve. It's almost like service in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake is the cure to the selfishness that continues to be fed and continues to grow in us. Jesus came, Scripture tells us, not to be served in a selfish way, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That was the way of Jesus as those who belong to his name. That is the way of us. So today I want to talk about service and I want to talk about why we serve and the motivations for serve and all that kind of stuff. I want to tell you a little story that happened just as I was waiting outside. I had a friend who was walking. Uh, she's not, not here today. She doesn't come to this church. She goes to another church. She's one of the most servant-hearted ladies I know. And she was going through a beautiful uh, Sunday morning stroll around the park with her little uh, grandchild. I couldn't tell if it was a boy or girl. It was still in the baby stage. <laughs> and it had green on, too, so that didn't give me any clues either. <laughs> She said, what are you speaking on today? I said, I'm talking about service and some of the motivations and reasons why we serve. And she said, oh, well, that should be an easy message. We serve because of how good it makes us feel. And I thought, no. <laughs> but she's having a nice stroll with a grandchild, so I didn't, I didn't tackle it. But in these first few verses, in these verses here, Jesus tells us the, 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 the motivation and the mode and the way and the purpose of serving. John 13, he starts off by saying this, before the Passover celebration. So all the Jews are gathering together to celebrate that God had spared them. And it was in that context that Jesus was about to spare everybody by going to the cross and offering his forgiveness to all who want it and all who need it. Jesus knew, it said, that his hour had come to leave the world and return to his father. He knew that this was his moment, and it was a bittersweet moment. It was sweet because he was ready to go, 
back to his father because he knew he didn't belong here, but it was very bitter because he knew the pain that it would take to get there. But Jesus was prepared to walk through that pain for one reason, for one motivation, and that motivation was love. God's only motivation is love. If ever anyone is calling you to God, to Christ, to service for a motive other than love, it is probably not godly. We are called to love because he loved us and that is our motive for serving. In our study this week, uh, the author uh, gave us six lessons, uh, six letters. Let me see. One, two, three. Yeah, five letters. Count mine. Uh, six that we need to follow and five that we do follow. He said most of us follow the letters W-I-I-F-M. What's in it for me, right? That's the, the selfish stand. But he said the call to the Christian is B-Y-S-S-I-W. And you remember what that is from this week? I'll move on quickly because I don't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> because you say so, I will. Because you say so, I will. Those are the letters of a servant. It says he has loved his disciples during his ministry on earth. And now he loved them to the very end. Jesus' motivation was love. And he was going to love them to the very end, even though the very end meant a big, ugly, broken cross. His motivation was love. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13 that this love, this agape that comes from God is a love that never fails. Jesus' motivation for serving was love. A couple of weeks ago, I met with a friend of mine, and she's probably in her late 60s, and her husband has had Alzheimer's for about 10 years, and it's really, really hard. He doesn't even remember who she is anymore. And so we grabbed a coffee and talked about how she was doing, and she said, I got a question for you. She said, I've met someone else, and I wonder if I could have a relationship with this person and enter into a relationship with them even though my husband is still alive man there's a tricky ethical dilemma right and we talked about it and the pros and the cons and the whole thing and the the pain and we concluded the conversation by saying that she needed to love her husband to the end because the love that we have from God is a love to the end. It's hard, it's tough, it's difficult. But Jesus loved to the end. He served because of love. No matter how hard life gets, he keeps on serving because love is his motivation. The first thing we need to understand about serving is that serving has to come from a heart of love. 
If our service doesn't come from a heart of love, then we have to be very careful because that serving can be manipulative and ultimately it can help feed this selfish cancer inside of us. How do we know that? Because there's a, another guy in the room and his name is Judas. And they're all sitting around the table and Jesus is about to perform this beautiful act of service and everyone's listening and wanting to learn and wanting to serve apart from this one guy who I imagine is sitting at the table with his arms crossed and his legs crossed saying, I want nothing to do this because he's consumed with the selfishness. He's let selfishness win. We serve out of love because service shrinks selfishness. You guys have experienced this. You know this. That when your life becomes all about you and your needs and your wants and your stuff, what that actually does, even though we think it's going to expand our life and give us every want, every, everything we want, it actually limits our life. It caps our life. Because we can only get and be as good as our own capacity in the grand scheme of things. We're not much. The motivation for serving is love. Because love helps shrink selfishness. Verse 3. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. That he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that he had around him. The motivation for service is love. Why? Because there are a lot of people like Judas in the world who are so selfish and it's our service that helps shrink that selfishness. Having established the context and the motivation for what is going on, Jesus realizes something about himself, perhaps for the very first time. It says that he knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return from God. All those big questions about who we are, what we do, why we do what we do, in this moment were answered for Jesus. He knew exactly who he was. He was crystal clear on his mission. In this moment, he had all the power. He was the most powerful man in the world, not just because of the power that, that God had bestowed on him, but because he knew it as well. Yet what is so beautiful about, what, about this story is what Jesus chooses to do with his power, right? In this moment, he knows exactly who he is. And he chooses to walk across the room and get a dirty, grubby towel and go wash some messy, dirty feet. Some of you will have heard of Andy Stanley. He's a preacher out of Atlanta. I was listening to one of his podcasts the other day, and he tells the story about how President Obama invited him to come and pray with him. And with all the chiefs of his, his staff and all the department heads for the major uh, departments of the government. 
And Andy says, well, what am I supposed to do in a, in a moment like that? What do you say to the most powerful people in the world? And he walked in and he said and shared this story. Mr. President, this is the most powerful room in the world right now. But let me remind you what Jesus says about your responsibility. That those who have power, and especially those who understand power, have a responsibility with that power not to be selfish, but to serve the powerless. That's exactly what Jesus is doing there. It says Jesus knew exactly who he was. He had all the power in that moment. But he made a choice that he was going to use that power to help the least and the lost and the lonely rather than use it to feed the selfishness that is inbred in, in humanity. And in doing that, I think he's teaching us something very important about service. He's telling us that service is a choice. The motivation for service is love, but we still have to make that choice to want to go and do it. You know, we have incredible power, right? And even if we don't, our selfishness tends to remind us that we think we have more power than we do, and that fuels our, our selfishness. And if we're going to follow Jesus properly... If we're going to follow Jesus as his disciples, we've got to make a decision about what we do with our power and with our influence. And Jesus says, you've got to use that power to serve, to help, to make a difference, to wash feet. Yesterday, Tracy and I were at a wedding that I was doing for some friends of mine in Boca Raton. And during the service, um, they were going to share some personal vows with each other. And uh, I'd looked over them beforehand because I get a bit nervous about the personal vows that sometimes people make. We were at one wedding once where they did this, and uh, the, <laughs> the groom says, uh, I promise that I will come shopping at the mall with you at least once a month. And in return, she said, I promise that I'll let you have time on your Xbox every week. <laughs> and I'm thinking, don't make promises you can't keep. <laughs> the mall's not attractive, and you'll get pretty tired of that Xbox pretty soon. So I read the vows, and, and this guy who was getting married, he's... Uh, He's a pretty special guy. He's a pretty powerful guy. He was in the SAS, which is the British version of the Navy SEALs. He received a knighthood from the queen because in Iraq, he went into a, a, a terrorist zone and freed some hostages and just about made it out alive. He, he was a, a powerful guy. After that, he, he walked into another powerful world. He became the bodyguard and the living bodyguard for a lot of famous stars, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt and Sean Penn. And Sean Penn was invited to the wedding, but he didn't come. And I can't believe he missed out because he'd have loved to have met me, I'm sure, right? <laughs> but he had this other kind of power of celebrity. And now he's touring England. He's got a book coming out. And he's filling up theaters all over the place as he tells his story of, of heroism and uh, inspiration 
and his son was telling us it's pretty embarrassing because uh, he's also on a reality TV show in England, and when they go to the grocery store, everyone's stopping him for, for selfies. And in his vows, he's looking before his bride, and he says, I choose to love you. You will always be first in my life. He's a guy who has all kinds of power. He's a really neat, nice guy, but I'm sure that that power was, was somewhat attractive to his new bride. But he said, I choose to lay that down because I love you. That's exactly what Jesus is doing there. That's exactly what Jesus is asking us to do with the power and influence we have is to use it to serve the less fortunate. Serving is motivated by love because serving's nemesis is selfishness that destroys us. Jesus shows us that serving is a choice he gets up, the, the, picks up the towel, he starts to wash the feet. And you can imagine he's going around the table and everyone's like, what is going on? Everybody's feeling uncomfortable now because we have a hard time with being served, right? And he comes to Peter, and we know of Peter's personality. And Peter said to him, Lord, do you think you're going to wash my feet? And implied in that is not a chance. And I love Peter's heart in this. It's, it's right. But Jesus responds, Peter, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter responded, you will never wash my feet. Jesus says, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. I think in this interchange, there's some very good and holy things. Peter's desire is beautiful. Peter wanting to be all in with what Jesus wants is incredible. But I think Jesus is teaching us a long, uh, something significant about the long game when he says, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. You don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. Often when it comes to acts of service, we're thinking about the short game. And we're thinking about what is the immediate return on our serving. But real service isn't about the immediate. It's ultimately about the long game. It's ultimately about the eternal there are not lots, of, lots of places that I should serve around a home. I don't do a good job of putting my clothes away on time or, or doing the dishes in a timely manner as I should. But sometimes when Tracy says, uh, you know, you need to do your part, I'm like, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good, and that never works well. <laughs> and I know her reaction when I don't do it, and it's well-deserved, and so I go and do it. And honestly, I'm serving 
because I want to get out of Dodge, right? I'm doing what I'm told because the pain of not doing what I'm told is a lot, lot longer. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so often when we serve, though, we need to serve not just for the get out of Dodge short time. We need to serve because of the internal, uh, eternal investment that we're making. In fact, I always go as far to say, if we are serving someone because there is an immediate return, we have to be very, very careful that we're not manipulating the situation. Because we serve so that God can do what God wants to do when God wants to do it. A lot of us have been involved in projects and a lot of us will be called to projects and say, hey, can you serve? It happens to me a lot. A lot of calls, a lot of emails all the time. Hey, can you do this? Speak here. Help that. And one of the first questions I ask, it's not a bad question. It's, it's what's the immediate ROI for me? The right question is what's the long-term eternal return on the investment that we're going to give? Because often the results don't come right away, right? Jesus says the motivation is love. Jesus says serving is something that you choose. Jesus says serving is about the long game. And Jesus washes the feet. And everybody's watching. And he completes this act. And in verse 10, Jesus replied, to Peter, a person who is bathed all over does not need to wash except for his feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew what Judas was going to do. After washing his feet, he put on his robe again. And he sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? Man, I hate that question, don't you? Because he's got to ask it, because obviously they don't. And he's putting them on the hot seat. Do you understand what I'm doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I am your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have set you an example to follow. Do as I have done. You know why Jesus needs to have them sit down? and not lose what they've just seen is because what they've just seen is something so unnatural to them because of the world that they live in. Jesus is saying, hey, back up, understand, think through this different paradigm of not living for yourself, but living to serve me and to serve each other's. It doesn't come naturally to us, so Jesus... Jesus says, you've got to understand this because I am giving you a powerful model of how you buck the trend in a selfish world. When we are living in this selfish world, when we are consumed by selfishness, when we are trying to grab and gather all resources to ourselves, that never, ever ends well. 
Yet we turn on a TV screen, we read our newspapers, we check our feeds. That's all that's happening. Me, 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 me. And Jesus says, stop, see what I've done. Understand that I am breaking that paradigm that if you want to follow me, don't be consumed with all that selfishness. Give yourself away in service. And we do that because of what it does for people's relationship with God and because the motivations love and because that's what it means to be faithful. But can I say as well, I think we also need to model selfish, selflessness because it sure messes with people's hearts. Our world is so broken and so selfish and somehow that needs to stop. And when we serve and, and try and spin this thing the other way around, man, it changes everything. Jesus is saying your motivation for service is love. Serving is something that you must choose, and you must choose on a daily decision-by-decision decision basis. He says serving is all about the long game. Serving models something powerful to a selfish world. And then perhaps most importantly is this final few verses. Verse 16. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master. Nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you do these things, God will bless you for doing them. And I think he's saying here. If you really want to be like me, if you really want to stamp out and destroy pride in your life, then you have to serve because you cannot be a servant who is full of pride and ego. It just doesn't work because the two are so different. He says, when you serve, you realize that you're not the master. When you serve... You realize that you're just sharing the message, not the author of the message. There is something about serving that makes our hearts holy and godly. You cannot serve others. You certainly cannot spend much time around the lost, the least, the lonely, the, 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 the homeless, the broken... And have an ego. If you do, you're doing it wrong. Because God invites us to serve. So that holiness can grow and be developed in our lives. Verse 17. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. On one side of the spectrum, we got this selfish life that's all about us. On the other side, we've got this life of service, which is all about others. And God's looking at our lives. He's looking for his people who he can bless. And he says, my blessing rests on those who serve. We serve 
out of a motivation of love. We serve as a choice even when we don't want to. We serve for the eternal long game. We serve to model something to a selfish world. And we serve so that Jesus can shape our hearts and conform our lives into a reflection of his. 